We're finally finished with bris. I think we had five classes on bris. This is the class on the Akedah. The last stage of the Avraham Avinu's incredible life was Akedah Yitzchak. How do you see the story of Avraham's life? How do you analyze Avraham's life? This is my read on it. They just created a world. And allowed people to choose to either be very good or very bad. The good were extremely good, indescribably good. And the bad were in unbelievably evil. The people were great, they had great minds, we had heart, great senses, they had no fears, they were courageous. And if they went in a favorable direction, they were incredibly good. If they went in an evil direction, they were terribly evil. And the end of that world was the marvel, was the flood. Man failed him. As a rule, in the polar world, in the extreme world, for the sake of argument, call it Tayu, man failed. Man failed. They became terrible sinners. They lived very long. They never knew sickness. There was always enough food. And they were just bad, bad, homos. It wasn't only bad that they didn't worship God, that they enjoyed temptations. They hurt one another. And this God couldn't take him. He could put up with a lot. But the idea that people would hurt another person because they could, this was something that Abish Kentavik destroyed his world and started over. And he took away those extremes. Man will never be so good anymore. Man will never be so evil anymore. And he replaced the Shnei Allah Femtayda. The idea that he created a person with free will and said, be either very good or very bad with a temperate person. Shnei Allah Balance. Not too good, not too bad. To use Kabbalah language, Oiris Bekelim. Light in vessels. Not light flying off into the sky. Light in vessels. Balance. The ultimate event associated with this balance is Matan God came down on a mountain and gave us a tater, which is a series of behaviors meant to govern our lives. In other words, it's not just do as you feel and you understand. You're bound by rules that put you into a framework. And again, in the mystical language, you would call it light and vessel. But in this new model, so to speak, where it was about balance as opposed to extremes, the Eivishter wanted a nation, a people. Why a nation? Because a nation is a balance. In every civilization, there are going to be the righteous, the evil, and the average. The wise, the foolish, and the average. The rich, the poor, and the average. Balance. Everybody fills a role. We combine to create a society. We combine to create a family. We combine to create a community. The one sitting on death row in a prison is one of us. Together, we're a people. However, if God was going to create a nation of God, where even the evil are gods, even the evil know that they're different, they have a certain special connection to Hashem, which means a certain kind of faith, and also, ultimately, a certain kind of responsibility, he would have to begin with a father, with a patriarch, who would, who would spawn this nation, who would be the parent of this nation. And this father was going to be perfect. There was going to be nothing balanced about him. 
he was going to be so great that he would halify his seed. He would halify his offspring to such a degree that if he would in the future produce a descendant that would be so evil that he would bring to this world a evil of historic proportions, he would still be a member of the nation of God. That's how perfect the father needed to be. That's how holy that father needed to be. And when you read the Gemara, and I've told this to you so many times, it's one of my favorite Gemaras, the Abishter found a man named Abraham Avinu. And he tested him. According to Hasidus, the meaning of the word test, the meaning of the word test, is an obstacle which is impossible to surmount. Not difficult, not very hard, not very, very hard, not very, very, very hard, impossible. A test means Hashem puts an obstacle in front of you that you can't win. What do you do? You be stubborn. You don't say, I can't do it, you walk into the fire. Avram had ten tests, ten, count them, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And Omad Bakula, he never failed. To put it in other words, God Almighty Himself did everything in His power. The Abish did Himself. And we've got to admit, God's pretty creative, yes? He even invented the Yetzirah. To fail Avraham, and He wouldn't fail. To trip Avraham Avinu up, but He wouldn't trip. Had Avraham Avinu tripped, the program would have been over, He'd be searching again for an Avraham. Avraham Avinu was found in the eyes of God to be Ne'eman. Ne'eman means loyal. No man or woman before or after had the loyalty of Avraham Avinu. There have been many, many tzaddikim. But a person whose emunah in Hashem was so infallible that when the Abishta himself made it impossible, impossible for him to believe, he still believed, this is Avraham Avinu. That's why Avraham Avinu was the father of our nation. Says the Gemara later on, the Abish that looked for subsequent Avrahams. The code name, the Shema Teyar, the, uh, the official name for this later Avraham is Eoiv, Job. Eoiv is not only a person but an idea. Will there be another Abraham? And the Tanakh tells us that the Satan himself comes to the Abishter. And says, God, don't even try. You will never have another Abraham. I, I'm the Satan. Trust me. <laughs> there will not be another Abraham Avinu. And Abraham, Abish doesn't believe this Satan. So he tests this Job. And squeezes him, and squeezes him, and squeezes him, and squeezes him. Job fails. According to the Gemara, there wasn't one Job, there were five Jobs. And there may have been many since that time. There was an Eve in the time of Yankel Avinu. There was an Eve in the time of Yitzhak Mitzrayim. There was an Eve in the time of David HaMalach. And even the time of Chodim Sedition. That means to say human beings of the stature, the caliber of Ram Avinu, unbelievably intelligent, very, very sensitive and spiritual, who were tested by God to see if they could be the father of his nation. And it was the Satan. <laughs> you wonder who's our ultimate friend? Who really, really loves us? Our arch enemy, the Sutton. The Gemara says, the shame, Shamayim, this cabin. The Sutton was not going to allow the Ebishter to contemplate, to make a new nation. And the Sutton says to God, I'll prove it to you that there will never be another nation worthy of your patronism, uh, patronage, because there will never be another Ramavinu. And the Sutton saw to it that time after time after time, Eve would fail, and we're still his nation, as much as we've messed up. Which is very interesting. So 
our identity in a way comes down to one man, Abraham Avinu. And that there's never going to be another Abraham. In other words, we're prote- saved by Abraham. Okay? We can do whatever we want. We're still God's nation because there's not going to be another Abraham Avinu. That's the key. As Eishkutai from the Gemara based on the Pesukim and the Now, but it wasn't about Abraham. Now that there is an Avraham, from Avraham there's going to be a nation. And of course you know we're going to be learning about this later this year. You build up a nation and you're holding it the uh, critical mass and then you go ahead and destroy them in Egypt. Which is what the Yebishter does. It's a long story. We will visit that in Mitzvah Hashem later this year. But Avraham Avinu's life is defined really by the invention of Avraham Avinu. Avraham Avinu was an idea a human being who's so intelligent and yet with so much faith that his loyalty to Hashem is unbreakable. Avraham Avinu is that person. Avraham Avinu is therefore the father of God's nation forever and ever and ever and ever. His life has, is a journey of self-perfection. And as I've explained to you many times, in my view, based of course on Torah, you can divide his life into five. Last week, the Tater divided it into two. You can divide his life into five parts. Number one, discovery. Avram the intellectual. Avram's beginning was his mind. This is the first sikha we learned in this series of sikhs was, Avram Avinu was Jewish because he had a relation with God because he intellectually understood it. Men are boyim, labina. Avram was 40 when he wrote his thesis on God. He had him figured out intellectually. Chochmah. Number two, Nevoah. Prophecy, divine inspiration. And of course, the smartest person in the world who's convinced that there's a God can be making a mistake. But when God taps you on the shoulder and says, I approve, you're right, and now there's no more doubts. That's the second stage of Ramavina's life. The third stage in Ramavina's life is when he's 75 years old, Lech Lecha, where the biblical account of his life begins. This is the first time God says to Ramavinu, it's very wonderful that you're serving me and worshipping me. Now I want you to serve me and worship me as I wish, not as you wish. Move. Lech lecha. Pick yourself up and go. And Avram, of course, goes. The fourth stage is the brismila, the circumcision event, which is the covenant. It's not so much the test as it is the covenant. This is the higher than reasonable pact Hashem makes with Avram Avinu. And of course, in the sikhs that we learned, we explored the significance of this pact. We also underscored the difference between Yishmael's bris and Avraham's bris and ultimately Yitzchak's bris. Now we're going to learn about the final big event in Avraham Avinu's life, which is probably the greatest and the most unreasonable. The Akedas Yitzchak. Avraham is 100 years old. He gives birth to a son. His wife gives birth to a son. Who we didn't even ask for. Abraham said, we learned it a few weeks ago, Lu Yishmol, I have a son, his name is Yishmol, let him be the, patri- the, the, the patriarch of the nation of God. No, it's no. Avosara Ishtacha, your son, that's going to be the, the next generation, the progenitor of my nation, has to come from Sarah. So he never even asked for Yitzchak. Yitzchak is born completely supernaturally, Sarah could not have children, and yet at the age of 90 years old, Acharei Beloi Edna, she becomes fertile, she conceives, she gives birth, she nurses her child, it's an incredible, incredible nace, and Avram and Sarah are raising this child, and this child turns out to be more pious and holy than they. Very secluded, very reclusive. He's not, Avram is a social butterfly, everybody's buddy. Yitzchak is very, very much 
an introvert to himself. The nation are very different, but he's pious and righteous and dedicated, and he's 37 years old. The Torah calls him a nod, a lad, but he was not a lad. He was a 37-year-old man. When Hashem says, Haleo, put him on an altar, sacrifice. And of course the story goes that Yitzchak figures out as they're walking to his slaughter where he's going. And the Torah says, Vayel they walk together like before he knew. He didn't even, this is what Ebishter wants, this is what Ebishter wants. They go to the Akedah, they put Yitzchak on the Mizbeach, the Chazal say that the Malach was the Sultan was throwing stones to make Yitzchak a Balmum. So Yitzchak has to hide in a cave to protect himself from the boulders of the Sultan. I don't know. If the Sultan can throw boulders, why can't he get inside the cave? But that's another detail. Avram, this 137-year-old man, builds the Mizbeach by himself. Yitzchak comes out of the cave. They put him on the altar. They tie him hand and foot, which is what the cave means. And Yitzchak says to his father, be careful. Your hands are shaking. Make sure it's a kosher shechita. If I shake the understand? He's laying on the mizbeach. Make sure you shech me kosher. Should be a kosher of carbon. And the Abish the ways till the last moment. He's holding the knife. Don't touch him. I'll toss lame yuma. Don't even make a scratch. Yitzchak comes off the mizbeach. A ram goes on the mizbeach, and this ram represents Yitzchak. Throughout history, we constantly mention this ram because this ram reminds us of Ramavina's mesiris nefesh. Yitzhak says, this is the ultimate act of loyalty. This is the tenth test. Avramavinu's life is defined by loyalty. There is no greater expression of this loyalty than this moment. He gives away his kid. Why? Why is this the ultimate loyalty? Because let's say Avram kills Yitzhak. What did he just kill? He didn't kill his son. He killed his future. He killed his nation. He killed his... His mission, which was to teach the world about the Ebishter. The Ebishter dies on that altar with Yitzchak. In other words, Hashem is saying to Abraham, don't kill your son. Destroy not only what you have lived for, destroy what I told you with your legacy. It makes no sense. None. And Abraham doesn't ask a question. That's the Akedis Yitzchak. This is the ultimate graduation of Abraham Avinu. The ultimate graduation of Abraham Avinu. Now, although Avraham gave birth to Yitzchak before, but the Jewish people always invoke the Akedah. In other words, when God literally has absolutely no reason whatsoever to keep us alive, we say, eh, 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 Akedah. Right? What are our two secret weapons? The Akedah and the Rachel. God can't argue with Rachel. Why? What does Rachel do? She ruined her own life. She ruined her own life. She brought Leia into the house. She gave her the Simonim. They shouldn't be embarrassed. The Jews, brought, or they brought another God into your house. Well, guess what? I also brought another woman into my home. And me and her were a lot closer related than you and the Getschkes that Dean brought into the base of Mikdash. What's Abish supposed to say now? What's he going to say? Just be as good as me. Who's a, who has more Rachamim, you or me? Just love the Jews like I loved uh, my sister Leah. And Evrop Avina. Akedah. Can't argue with Akedah. You're angry? Just remember, remember Afar Yitzchak, the ash of Yitzchak, which is not his ash actually, it's the ash of the ram. Let's learn the Sikh. And as you know, we read only the underline. So just keep your finger where my, my line is and you won't get lost. In conjunction with the test of the Akedah, which literally means the binding of Yitzchak on the Mizbech. Zagri Gemara, the Gemara says, as das was der Ebi Shtirat gesagt zu Avraham, 
Abraham says to Abraham Avinu, Kach Noah's Mincha, take your son, but there's the word no in there. You know what the word no means? Please. please. Hashem tells Abraham Avinu, please take your son, Loshen Bakosha, which means a request. Main Tuzagin, it means, and this is the quote from the Gemara, Nisisicha Bakam and Nisyenis Vamalatabakulam. I tested you repeatedly, and you passed each one. Achshav, at this moment, I made Libin Isayan Zeh. Please stand up to this test. They shouldn't say, Ein Mamish Bidishayin. Hashem tells Avram, you failed this test. The other nine tests are out the window. You failed this test. Everything you did until now was meaningless. Now, according to the Gemara and Baba Basra, and the Job version of the story, you can explain it. Why? You fail, you fail. <laughs> you fail, you fail. But this is, this is severe. He doesn't want to kill not only his own son, but his entire legacy. That everything he did before it fails. Why? Avram fails this test. You would say that there's no substance to his whole life. That's extreme. He did so many amazing things. It's all nothing if he fails the test of Akedah. This is the question. Turn to page 74. It says that there are several proposals. The Sefer Ikim, which is a classic work of Jewish philosophy, explains it. The reason Hashem tells Avraham, if you fail this test, it will discredit all of your loyalty you showed me before, is because there's something about Akedah Yitzchak which is unique. What's unique about it? Is Bashtanan in them, it consisted from the fact, Hashem tells Avraham to take us on the Akedah and he's not forced to do it. Avraham doesn't have to listen. The Rebbe is going to say later, today a person is put in a position of Kiddush Hashem, he has a chiv, he has a mitzvah to Mekad Hashem Shemayim, to give his life to stay a Jew. Abraham had no such obligation. Why not? So he explains. Ki afilu Hashem Even the fact that at this moment, God Almighty was telling him, go ahead and do this, loy hoisa macherech couldn't compel him. If Abraham tells the Abish to know, that wouldn't be failure. If he tells Abish to know, it would not be considered a failure. Why not? <laughs> you can understand that from the Medrash. On the Pasuk, on the Shem Yirev Agamer, on the end of the Akedah, where Avram finally speaks up, Rashi says, after the whole story is finished, and Yitzchak is off to Mizbeach, and everything is wonderful, now Avram plotses, and he says, I don't understand you, God. Now, he doesn't complain before the fact. After the fact, he says, I don't, what are you playing games with me? <laughs> Avram finally bursts out and says, I can't take it. But he only says it after he passes the test. master of the world. You know quite well. When you instructed me, to take please, your son, your only son, that you love, as and bring him as an oil, as an offering for me. Says Avraham, I could have told you, you've already given me an earlier condition. That Yitzchak is going to be the father of the nation of Israel. If Hashem tells Avraham, your son Isaac will be the father of the nation of Israel, how does he come along now and tell him, kill him? Avraham could say to Abishter, Abishter, how do they say it in the, in the real world, in Teenageville? You're contradicting yourself. Can't have it both ways. And I didn't say a word. I suppressed my mercies. I didn't doubt you. 
says the Ikrim Shiyidma Mizem Mefurish. What this shows explicitly is even when Hashem told him to do this act, he wasn't forced. All Avram has to be to say to the Abish, no, I'm not doing it. And you know why I'm doing it? Because you told me I shouldn't do it. You told me to keep Yitzchak alive. You know what's reminiscent of? You had the story of Pashas Kedach. Where the story of Kedach happens, people are dying like flies. And the Jewish nation is saying, Atam Hashem, you're killing Jews. We have this ketaris, this incense, Sama Movas Nesunabe, it has a potion of death. People are dying like flies. Im we're all going to die. What happens? There's a plague. Another 16,700 people die in a minute. It's just crazy. So Mesha tells Avram, Aranakayan, take ketaris. The same ketaris, which earlier was this Sama Movas that killed Kedach and his people, or Kedach's people, now was going to save lives. So who does the, Aran takes this pattern of ketaris, he stops at the border where the dying were and the living were, and he grabs the Sutton by the collar. I never tried grabbing the Sutton by the collar, but Adam wasn't afraid. And the Sutton says, Excuse me, who do you think you are? And Adam says, On the Shlech of Meshach Rabbeinu. So the Sutton says to Adam, And I work for your boss's boss. And I work for the Abishter. <laughs> So Adam says to the Sutton, maybe you work for my boss as boss, but if my boss said, it comes from your boss. In other words, Hashem gives a message to the Sutton and tells Moshe Rabbeinu, don't let him do it. So make up your mind. If you don't want the Sutton to do it, don't do it. If you want the Sutton to do it, why are you telling Moshe Rabbeinu, don't listen to me, stop the Sutton? That's what happens. The Abish creates a nation, gives them a Rebbe, a Neshama clause, and says, even if I myself, come to you and tell you I want to destroy my nation, don't listen to me. Later on, Hashem wants to destroy the Jewish people, and Moshe Rabbeinu says, by your instructions, I'm not going to allow you to do what you wish. And the Ebishter gets upset, and Moshe doesn't back down. You understand? If he's the patron, if he's the Novi, if he's the Nasi Yisrael, the Ebishter empowered him to argue with the Ebishter and preserve the Jewish people. All Avram has to say is, Ebishter, you don't want me to do this. I'm supposed to keep him alive at all costs. He says, I didn't say a word. It didn't make sense. doesn't have to make sense. Is what you said. The fact that in later generations there were so many events of martyrdom of Mesiris Nefesh HaKidosh Hashem says that Rebbe Zeyam Gahadim Tzivoy they had a mitzvah. It's a mitzvah of Mesiris Nefesh HaKidosh Hashem. So Avram is special. Because Avraham's Messiah's Nefesh Akedash Hashem was not even required by the one giving him the commandment. All Avraham has to say is, excuse me, Abishtir, you told me yesterday the exact opposite of this mandate. Okay? So this is why the Ikim considers Avraham's Messiah's Nefesh special. The Rebbe has problems with it, and we move to the next thing. Page 74 still, left color, where I made the base. Hasidus gives a different insight. The Ikim gave his explanation, what makes Akedah special. The Ikrim holds Akedah special because even according to Torah, Avram was not obligated to do what Abish had told him. But Chassidus has a different word. That Uftu from Avram Avinu's Beshtan and Derin, according to Chassidus, what makes Avram special consists of the fact was Erez given the Reshter. He was the first. Nobody did it before. Nobody was a martyr for Avram Avinu. Withstood a test and about giving your life. Everybody knows that to open, to begin any new initiative is very difficult. 
somebody does something, you can follow them. Two people do things, you can follow them. Three people do things, you can follow them. But to be the first is very, very difficult. You're the, you're the trailblazer. As it says in the Chazal, all beginnings are hard. Once Avraham Avinu opens up the gates of Tshuv, of, of Mesiris Nefesh, had Ge'efen dem Tzinef of Mesiris Nefesh opened up the spigot, the channel of Mesiris Nefesh, is Nimshach Yavon and Vel dem Keich of Mesiris Nefesh, the possibility for Mesiris Nefesh was already in the world, when the Fadis does Nochdem Asach Gringer, in later generations Mesiris Nefesh has become much easier, Hayes Medaf does not erase Begim and Akeich Alapel, it only needs to be worth a potential actualization. Fanamaisa. The Alter Rebbe related the following. The Mesitra Magid was very, very different than Holy Baal Shem Tov. Like Yitzchak was different than Abraham. The Mesitra Magid was very, very, very narrow in his leadership. He chose a handful of tzaddikim, 120 in number, whom he taught Torah and had served the Ebishter. And he was involved with nobody else, just this group of tzaddikim. How could you be a Rebbe over the whole world if you're involved with 120 people? And of course, the answer is because they were a pyramid. They spread out and they diversified Hasidus and so on. Many people came to Mizrich hoping to be included in the inner circle of the Magid, and the Magid rejected them. He didn't take them. It was, a, it was, it was by selection only. People came, the Magid didn't like them, they were sent home. So a lot of them left. And you, you know what you're talking about. Big Tamid Chalam, Goinim, Tzadikim. And the Magid said, no. But some of them decided to stick around. And they said, if we can't be Talmidim, the Magid will be the Talmud of Talmidim. They'll serve the Talmidim Magid and they'll help them. And that's what they did. They were called oven warmers, Harubnikis. They were the rejects. And these rejects were big Tzadikim, big Talmidim Chachamim. They were not in the level of Talmidim Magid. They were very big people. And the Altareva once overheard a conversation between three of these men. Now the question was the one we have here. What's the big deal? Avram went to Mesiris Nefesh. God himself tells you to do something, you're going to listen. And each one gave a different answer. One said that what's special about Ramavino was that he did it with Zrizus. Quickly, with alacrity. He didn't kratz. He didn't take him on a last two-week vacation to uh, Europe. Another one said that Ramavino was special was that he did it with Simcha. He did it with joy. And the third one said that Ramavino was special was because he was the first. Peseyech to open up a new channel of Avodah Hashem is the most difficult thing in the world. Once it's open, anybody can walk through that door. Avraham Avinu was the first. And that's what the Rebbe is saying here. Avraham Zakeda was incredibly special um, because he was Paseyach Hatzitzin. Open the channel of Mesiris Nefesh. So the Rebbe goes on to say, but Avraham Avinu had earlier events of Mesiris Nefesh. Avraham Avinu Mesiris Nefesh and Rakazdim. Avraham Avinu Mesiris Nefesh as a young person when he was thrown into the furnace. Why do we bring the idea of Mesiris Nefesh specifically about the Akkad? So now we move on to the left side of page 75. Now girls, let's think. We have a question with two thoughts so far. The Ikrim's thought is that Ramavino could have refused and Chassidus' thought that Ramavino's special was that he was the one who opened the Betina of Mesiris Nefesh. Okay? So now it's going to follow a dissertation of Mesiris Nefesh. The Rebbe is going to explain what Mesiris Nefesh means and you'll understand the story. Here we go. The Azbara Bazir. Let's explain this. Mesiras Nefesh meant the meaning of Mesiras Nefesh. Bittel Hayesh Giving away your ego when you're four. 
In other words, Anivramein, the creation means that Bayrav Bashafana Yeshem Hashem created an independent being with his own free will. Is moving is therefore understood as the nivra ken bekech atzmen nishtukum into hechas matzias. A creation by himself cannot exceed the definition of himself. V'alderech, like the Gemara says, not identical but similar to the idea. Ein chovush matar atzmen chovush. You're sitting in jail. The definition of being a prisoner is that you don't have the key. Someone else has to redeem you. Similarly, a human being, because he has an ego, the center of his being is an ego, it's impossible for a human being to sacrifice himself totally. I cannot give myself away. If giving myself away means that I'm not going to exist, because if I'm not going to exist, who will be there to give me away at that point? So this nefesh means to get over yourself completely. Turn to page 76. Says the Rebbe. Dasalein basamensh is great avegems and leaven for the mebishnes the fact that sometimes some people are prepared to give away their lives to is not need butter that doesn't yet prove as thus is a mitis or inyan from nefesh it doesn't yet mean mesiris in other words dying is not the criteria the Rebbe brings nesicha many goyim died for their religious causes dying for a cause is not mesiris nefesh why? as Ken Zayn it's possible as er is ichmeisa nefesh defar the reason is giving his life away is because was by im kumtais al piseich al the cheshbon it makes sense to this person as dos leyin sich im mer vi bleiben leben sometimes dying is better than living erved fadin in asach gresser agresser asach dying for a cause is justified by the fact that I'm going to get a return that justifies death says the rebbe when I'm a serious nefesh versus in ganzim a youth of cheshbon canal when a person dies for a cause but he has a consideration of what he's going to gain. The person is dying for a cause because he believes. By giving away his life, he will benefit posthumously as vet im will advance himself, his cause. So a person dies for a cause is not necessarily Mercedes Nefesh. A person dies for his cause because he believes that the cause is worth dying for. What's Mesiris Nefesh? Bottom of the first column, page 76. Says the Rebbe, the Rebbe said, in Mesiris Nefesh is, the idea of Mesiris Nefesh is fundamentally, as there is Mesir Dem Nefesh, Demir. If you die for a cause, because you have such a big ego, that's not Mesiris Nefesh. When the dying for the cause is sacrificing your ego, that's Mesiris Nefesh. Men get sich in ganzen Ibitzamebish, you dedicate yourself to Hashem totally, a Mesiro Nesino versus Hecher. A loyalty which is higher for all all kinds of consideration from seichel of the regesh who creates a bazaar understanding feeling and so forth. In other words, mizin gansil bottles of ebish totally bottles Hashem in an oifin on such a level as the egin imitzias is kalon tefes maki. You lose yourself altogether. There's a great story which is brought in Perlov Sefer. It's not brought from the rabbeim. It's brought from Chasidim. It was a guy named Socrates. Socrates was one of the greatest philosophers of old. And he died al Kiddush Hashem. Who? Socrates. Really? He believed in one God. He's no, he was Greek. Uh-huh. Lived in Athens, in Atuna. And he evolved as a believer. Uh-huh. And when he developed his new... The- I mean, he was a very big problem in Athens. The Athenian civilization was built on freedom and election and so on and so forth. But this guy, Socrates, you couldn't control. You never knew what he was going to say next. Why? He was an independent thinker. And he was fearless. And when he discovered that there's one God, he announced it in the streets of Athens, which was blasphemy. That was like apocursus, you know, only one God. That's not enough. You need a God for Sunday and a God for Monday and for Tuesday and for Wednesday. 
and they made him take his own life. He drank a hemlock, a poison, and he died. Anyway, he comes to heaven. This is how the story goes. And he claims to be next, he wants a sweet next Avram Avinu. Why? Avram Avinu was thrown into a furnace. He lived. That's God's business. Son of Avram's business. I drank a poison. I died. That's God's business. I should be next to Avram Avinu. So they told him like this. Next to Avram Avinu, not over your dead body. You understand? Why? Avram Avinu died for God. You died for your conviction. Socrates was so sure. He was right. He was prepared to die to prove how right he was. In other words, he never got past himself. He died because he trusted his mind, which is also an incredible thing. But nevertheless, it was his ego that was the basis for his suicide, for his death. Avraham even forgot about himself. It was about God. But I, he didn't even want to die. He wanted to live. He wanted to spread the word of God. So Avraham's Mesiras Nefesh was different than Socrates. He got over himself. Says that Rebbe, I'm reading on page 76, second column, as Begili, Belishim, Safak, Ba'ilim, as does give ender Eif to an Elif and then Isayan Akeda. Avraham Avinu did not achieve this level of Mesidus Nefesh, where it was not at all about him, only about God until the Akeda. And that was a wait, maybe, maybe before. But you could deny it. Avraham Avinu went through nine tests, he gave up an awful lot. But someone had come along and said, Yeah, Avraham gave up his life. You know why? Because it was in his interest. The only thing Avraham Avinu did that makes no sense, not that it doesn't make sense of Avraham Avinu's parochial life, it doesn't make sense of Avraham Avinu's religious life. It's not justified in Avraham Avinu's loyalty to Hashem as the act of the Akedah. And therefore the act of the Akedah reveals sacrifice which is truly getting past your own ego. And the Rebbe explains, next paragraph. The Mesiris Nefesh and Rukazdim the Messias Nefesh, when he was thrown into a furnace in Orkazdim, is Bishtan and them consisted of the fact that Avram and Zechmeis and Nefesh Gvenev and pierced him from the moon of the Shambhalim. He died to spread the word of God to the whole world. And you could come along and say he died as a statement of what he believed. Next paragraph. Masha'en Kenyan Akedah Mitzadatzma, the event of the Akedah itself, Hot Nitfarmok, Kain Shum, Andazach. Who knew about the Akedah? Orkazdim happened in the court of the most powerful king in the world named Nimrod. Avram defied him. It was a statement of principle. Akedah happened to man and God on a mountain. Who knows about it? What score is he? What benefit? What, re- what return could it be for this act? Right? Kenshum and has no value. It's an expression of fear of God. So maybe Avram achieved the transcendence of self before. But nothing proved that transcendence until the Akeda. Page 77, second paragraph. The Gan Serina Mesiris Nefesh the Akeda, the entire sacrifice of this Akeda, is given not consisted entirely of the fact was that Abish did not give old on Gebet and God wanted, and God asked on the fact of Avram Gitan. That's why he did it. Says the Holy Rebbe, and them is Bashtan and them Oiftu. For Nesoyan Akeda. That's why. It's the tenth test. And Hashem says, please pass this one. So they shouldn't say the earlier nine were nothing. What does he mean? Please pass this one and prove that you're my servant. And they shouldn't say the first ones are nothing, that you're a servant of your ego. The Akedah Mesiris Nefesh Yegevezen Behoifen, the sacrifice of the Akedah was in such a level, as this hot legambrinit can up like in Seichel, makes no sense. 
Es is mer nit wie rasna kadosh baruch hu. Only because God wants. Ube mei le bittel hamitzias betachlas total bittel hamitzias. And the Rebbe says this is what the Gemara says. Shalayim ruein mamish berishenim. People shouldn't object to the earlier tests and say they have no substance. When Avram bought cholila nit bagishtan and demdi sayin. Okay, Avram doesn't pass this test. What me you can't mean in yom people would think and say top of the second column page seventy seven. As it is by Bagistan, the Friedrich and the Sienas, their father, all of the earlier tests were passed because for Zeizan even behetem to sichle the Gedusha, they made sense to him. They were made; they were reasonable. They were justifiable. Or by Maseres Nefesh Mamish, where it's not about you; it's about God. Is only the Akeda, and that's what special Akeda says. At the end of his life, he passes a test which proves that he's really worshiping God and not his own conviction and his own ego.